As part of Governor Kathy Hochul's State of the State address in January, she played a video highlighting developments in the Empire State in recent years, which includes the experience of Youngstrom, a Western New York company that has begun pivoting away from serving coal-fired power plants and has begun preparing the massive steel components utilized for offshore wind developments. To discuss the company's role in New York's green energy transition, we're joined in the studio by Jude Amen, Business Development Manager for Youngstrom. Thanks so much for joining us, Jude. Thank you for having me. It's nice to be up here in the capital region. Well, I want to start by talking about the transition into the green energy space. Is this something that you always envisioned, or did it come about largely as a result of the prioritization of green energy by state policymakers? Yeah, no, I think there's a little bit of both. I mean, as a youngster in the company, I guess you could say, I always thought there was more we could do. Currently, we support the coal market. And what we do is build heat exchangers that reduce coal consumption in a power plant. Mm -hmm. But that business significantly had a downturn because we're pulling away from fossil fuels and going more to renewables. As we continued to shrink as a company, I was working in uh, supply chain and met up with a tier one out of Europe and started talking about secondary steel From the first time I laid eyes on the drawings and looked at what goes into an offshore wind installation, I was like, yeah, we need to be building that right here in western New York. You know, it was something I definitely wanted to do, but we certainly, you know, had to do something. And this has just been a huge boost to us at Youngstrom. And in terms of companies that are positioned to do what you do, are you a unique supplier for the offshore wind supply chain, or are you competing heavily with other players around the Northeast? For right here in the Northeast, you know, we're the first manufacturer of secondary steel. As of right now, I'm not aware of any other companies building secondary steel for the offshore wind market. We've invested heavily and are, are really taking it serious, the opportunity that's in front of us. So I'm sure, you know, as the market evolves and the supply chain matures, there'll, there'll be other manufacturers. So you were featured in a video that the governor promoted as part of her state of the state address here at the Capitol. How did that come to be? Yeah, you know, so someone uh, on her team uh, had reached out to us, having heard about us in the Wall Street Journal and was just in, intrigued by it. And Whenever we get an opportunity to get in front of an audience and talk about what we've done, how we've transitioned into the clean energy market, we take every opportunity we can get. And what was the, I guess, effect of that video? Have you heard from people? I know there's maybe a smaller audience than I might like to admit that actually probably watched the governor's State of the State address, but has that video and the promotion led to anything? Not specifically, because I think in the offshore wind space, we're pretty well known. Mm -hmm. But certainly, you know, friends, colleagues, and and people I hadn't known. We were in Brooklyn last week for a NYSERDA event, you know, reached out and said, hey, that was an awesome piece with Governor Hochul's uh, State of the State address. Do you feel that the experience at your company and the transition that you're partaking in right now is something that other players that have primarily existed in the fossil fuel supply chain can embrace, can other I guess dogs learn new tricks? Yeah, I I think so. I mean, you know, in the fossil fuel space for what we build, we build a a rotary regenerative air preheater, which basically preheats the air prior to combustion, reducing coal consumption. So we have very limited competition with that. 
But certainly, you know, other heavy steel fabricators could, could attempt to do this. But, you know, a lot of them are tied up with heavy infrastructure projects right now. And also uh, the DOD is going kind of gangbusters right now. And the transition, is this something that the company was able to do on its own in terms of any infrastructure investments or have there been federal or state or maybe even local tax or, or grants uh, that were made available that have helped facilitate this change? Yeah, so we we qualified for some grants for workforce development, but most of the CapEx work that we've done uh, in our factory to support this market has been privately funded by us. Is that unique, having the capacity to make the investments yourself? Because often when we're here at the Capitol, it's people showing up with their handouts saying that uh, our business can only operate if we get some sort of tax incentive or the subsidies for something else are, are made accessible to us. Yeah, I mean, we, we look at it as a, an investment worth making. When you run a business, you have to invest money to make money. And we want to position ourselves to be the premier secondary steel supplier for the offshore wind market, especially in the Northeast. In the fall of 2023, there was some concern about a whole host of projects that were already contracted with the state potentially being scuttled as the result of the Hochul administration rebuffing efforts to increase subsidies for contracts that had already been awarded off the coast of Long Island and throughout New York. In the wake of that decision, some projects have pulled the plug, but the state is doing an accelerated rebidding process, so to speak, and these developers might end up finding new ways to make those projects happen. What has all that ambiguity meant for you and your business? Yeah, you know, so certainly it was a stressful time. You know, with any new market, you're going to have uh, what we'll call bumps in the road. And we felt the full effects from Ocean Wind. You know, we were building the anode cages and the monopile doors for that project. And that project, obviously, we, we lost. But I feel good about what the state's done to accelerate this fourth solicitation. And hopefully a fifth comes out. I really feel confident Governor Hochul... 35 gigawatts of power by 2035, 30 gigawatts of power. I mean, that's just a massive amount of installations. Even with the largest nacelle that's being produced right now, which is 15 megawatts, that's 600 installations for New York State alone. We're confident in the long term. Have you had any of your work, though, disrupted by the canceled projects and this rebidding process? Again, we lost the anode cages and the MP doors, and we had to reallocate those resources in our factory onto other projects. We're currently underway with the Sunrise Wind Project, okay. which is uh, a, a real large wind farm right here in New York State. And we're, we're very hopeful that that stays afloat and doesn't get canceled because that, that one would really sting. Well, your company has been working with Orsted, who we've heard from on this program in the past. What has been the experience of interacting with a company that, uh, you know, isn't originally from America? Has there been any sort of cultural differences that you had to overcome? And as a result of that, have you also learned anything about the way they approach their business? Yeah, I mean, it, I, I have to say Orsted has been super welcoming and, and I feel like it's nice because we're actually a tier two to Riggs Distler. So it goes Orsted, Riggs Distler, than Youngstrom. You know, I feel like Orsted has been cheering us on every step of the way. I work a lot with uh, Jen Garvey. With, with we, we had Jen on the show. Yeah, and she had mentioned that. And uh, they've been fantastic to work with. I mean, they, they were the ones that gave us our first shot to prove ourselves in this market. So 
it's been really good. So what do you see as the challenges for your own company as the state tries to reduce its greenhouse gas emissions? Because the manufacturing sector is not necessarily the cleanest area in terms of its utilization of fossil fuels. So is that going to be a problem for you and your capacity moving forward? I don't see it that way. I mean, we invested a ton of money in our paint process. Can you explain what it means? We put state-of-the-art paint booths in with amazing filtration and downdraft systems. We also have lofty KPIs that we reach for reducing our, our carbon footprint in our factory. So you feel like as the state moves forward with very ambitious greenhouse gas emission reduction goals uh, with the, the latest deadline being in 2050 that your operations will be able to happen? You'll be able to continue producing what you're making now? Yeah, I, I certainly hope so. You know, we have a lot of acreage there. If we had to install solar or, or whatever it take to keep our business working and complying with state regulations. Any concerns at all about the cap and invest program that the state is in the process of rolling out, which could put caps on emissions from large-scale polluters, which I'm not sure you may or may not fall under, and also is going to put, a, say, a, a price on emissions? Is this something that's on your radar at all, or do you feel like you're going to skirt that because of the size and output from your company right now? Yeah, I mean, it's something that's not on my personal radar now because I don't know the caps, but I'm sure that our our EHS team is on it and making sure that we're going to comply with whatever we need to. In your neck of the woods in western New York, what's the response to the transition that your company is taking part of? Is this something that's embraced by the community? Are you hearing from people who are you know, skeptical of the whole green transition and feel like it's overblown and costing too much? What's sort of the response locally? No, you know, the response has been amazing. You know, where we're located in Wellsville, and if you look at political maps, it's, it's pretty easy to tell that we're, for the most part, a red county, Allegheny County. But... Mm-hmm. I will say that people are seeing growth again in our factory because of renewables. They're seeing actual components being shipped. They're all over the news within our factory cheering us on. You know, I was meeting with the mayor last week, and we were talking about what we've done in the community and the effects of it. You know, we're getting a Taco Bell now because we're opening our Main Street facility up, which is 70,000 square feet. That's about two miles from our Andover Road facility, which is our primary facility in Wellsville. In all the other restaurants, when I, you know, go out to lunch, you know, they're always talking, hey, how you guys doing? You know, we're seeing an uptick in business. So the trickle down to the other businesses in our area has been absolutely phenomenal. And is this going to be a Taco Bell with a KFC or is it just going to be a Taco Bell? <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not sure if there's going to be a KFC with it. So we talked about the interaction you've had with the private developers of renewable energies. At the same time right now, the New York Power Authority is exploring the state's ability to potentially get into the business of developing and operating its own new renewable energy resources. Based on your experience just dealing with the New York State Energy Research and Development Authority, what's your sense of the state's bandwidth for this whole endeavor that you've seen so far, as well as this idea that they might get in the business of developing their own renewable power. Do you feel like the state could have a handle on all that? Yeah, I do. I mean, you know, NYPA has been around for a long time and, you know, one of the biggest hydroelectric plants Mm -hmm. is the Robert Moses Dam, which is up Niagara Falls, not far from us. 
And I think NYSERDA is going to continue to be involved. And we primarily work with NYSERDA on offshore wind projects. I've looked at some different hydro projects because we are a huge factory that can weld and machine up to 200,000 square feet. But for the most part, our dealings with NYSERDA have been with offshore wind. Do you envision that there could be a future where your company is working with NYPA on developing state-run renewable energy? Oh, absolutely. We'd love to be involved. You know, if you look at our website, we're also involved with, you know, carbon capture projects and looking at various hydrogen options that lie out there that we can be a part of. Well, finally, from a personal level, I'm curious, has this experience changed the way you think about either climate change, our role as individuals, and a need to limit our carbon footprint? Or have you always thought about these issues in the way you approach them now? How do you think about it personally? Yeah, you know, honestly, up until 2019, I never really put a whole lot of thought in it. Until I actually, in February 2019, went to my first NYSERDA supplier forum and understood, like, holy smokes, 12 installations for South Fork wind can power 70,000 homes. Now, that's amazing. Up until I started really understanding offshore wind and, and what we can do with, with such a reduced number of installations, mm-hmm. it's, it's phenomenal to me, and I'm, I'm just thrilled to be a part of it. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have. We've been speaking with Jude Amon. He is the business development manager for Youngstrom, a Western New York company that is providing some of the steel components for offshore wind development projects in New York. Thanks so much for joining us, Jude. Capital Press Room a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.